It's a very big welcome back, especially if you uh, joined us yesterday on our ICB News Channel. If you didn't, we'd recommend that you might want to go back and have a look at episode 24 and part A. Uh, we're, we're experiencing uh, a fabulous week here in Australia this week called Global Bookkeeping Week, and we're thrilled that you're joining us today on our podcast. We've got another special guest today that's going to dive deep into um, the the world of bookkeeping, all things bookkeeping. And as we call out, that includes if you're listening in and you're a business owner and you do the books in your own business, well, you are a highly valued bookkeeper in our community as well. And we're really pleased that you're joining us. And to our professional bookkeepers, welcome back and thank you again for joining us today. We've got uh, two special guests. We'll we'll go with our really, really special guest first. Uh, We have Andrew Watson, who is the ATO Deputy Commissioner of Individuals and Intermediaries. You've got to be careful how you say that in a hurry. It can come out wrong, but uh, welcome to our podcast today, Andrew. It's fabulous to have you joining us. Look, it's great to be here, Rob, and and looking forward to the chat for the next 20 minutes or so. Yes, we are. We're very much looking forward to that. And it was probably a bit rude of me to say very, very special guest because she's always a very, very special guest. And that's our CEO of the ICB, Amanda Linton, is joining us also. Great to have you with us on the podcast today, Amanda. And uh, very happy to take second chair today to uh, to, to Andrew in the, while we're having a bit of a chat, a bit more of a chat and unpack a bit more about the world of bookkeeping as we did yesterday. And that's exactly what we're going to do and we will call out the fact that if you didn't have a listen to yesterday's episode and it might be even six months down the track that you're now listening to this podcast and you're going, what about yesterday? It's the uh, the podcast that happened prior to this one, put it that way. Uh, go back and have a listen of what wonderful interview with Will Buckley from Zero, and uh, we're going to continue a bit of a thread there around the professional bookkeeper in 2023 and beyond, as well as the engagement in this case that the bookkeepers of Australia have with the ATO. And Amanda, I'm going to pass back to you because I know you've got uh, an important uh, question you want to pose to Andrew right up front. Yeah, so um, Andrew, as I said, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you on deck again. Um, We've known each other for a while now, but your role has recently changed within the ATO. Um, Can you just maybe give us a bit of background and explain a bit about how your current position as a Deputy Commissioner brings about that connection with the bookkeeping community and um, and bookkeepers in general, I suppose. Yeah, thanks, Amanda. So so the, the title was Deputy Commissioner Individuals and Intermediaries. So um, the individuals part is probably the easiest to explain. So it's looking, looking at individuals that aren't in business and uh, looking out after their tax affairs. So my team, you know, they develop... Um, the the tax return that uh, all individuals uh, complete or have a tax agent complete during during the year. Um, we do uh, sort of the audits and, and reviews. We do the help and educate for um, across the board for individuals, and also also look to work both with um, software companies and direct um, with taxpayers around digital services to make it easier to to do the tax. The intermediary side of things is the bit that's probably more relevant for the bookkeeping community. Um, intermediaries is probably our, our broader word for all those people uh, and groups who help taxpayers um, ideally get their tax right. So um, bookkeepers, accountants, uh, lawyers, 
uh, all sort of fit into that category. In the tax system, often we kind of um, bring that down to to tax agents um, and BAS agents, um, but really noting that for you know, bookkeepers, they might have a formal role as a BAS agent and submit business activity statements on behalf of clients. But we know that their role goes, you know, a lot broader than that. And it's really the value that most bookkeepers add isn't actually in submitting the form. It's actually all the work um, up that chain of actually working with clients, helping them keep good records helping them keep their, their books and making sure then that information that ultimately gets reported through to the ATO um, is, is accurate. So um, I'd work um, closely with um, across the board through some of our consultative groups um, uh, with groups like, like the uh, Institute of Certified Bookkeepers um, around, uh, you know, listening to and understanding what, what are the issues, what are the opportunities we can do working with bookkeepers um, to both make their life uh, life better, how can they play continue to play that key role in helping uh, Australia's tax system. You know, uh, I was talking with um, my boss, who's Second Commissioner, Jeremy Hershorn, just came back from an OECD uh, Global Tax Administration meeting and saying how Australia's, um, the high levels of voluntary compliance and the quality of, of our uh, accounting and bookkeeping industry is a bit of the envy of other parts of the world um, around helping helping our system. Um, again, high levels of voluntary compliance, but also, you know, high levels of, of, of trust that we know our businesses are supported by, by those. Um, you mentioned I've moved recently, changed roles. I did up until September, had about four, a bit over four years um, working in the small business area of the ATO. Um, and that in particular, um, one, 4.5 million small businesses in Australia, um, many, many of whom uh, work work with a bookkeeper um, to understand you know, how they, uh, they operate. And part of my role there was looking to the future of how can we digitalise um, the tax administration, um, and there is a key role there in working. Then had the opportunity to work with, with bookkeepers, um, and you mentioned before Will Buckley worked closely with a number of the accounting software um, providers to actually look at, at what improvements could we make going forward into the future that would not only uh, improve tax compliance, improve efficiency for small business. Um, but also improve the integrity of the system. How do we how do we tighten up on um, on you know keeping helping protect people's identity, helping to keep data secure in this day, day and age, being a, an emergent th- theme for all of us. So I might jump in at this point, Andrew, because you've made a stack of really really important yeah. points there, and I think everybody's uh, that's tuning in right now is going, oh yeah, let, let, let's can we just flesh that out a little bit more because. Uh, I think the number one takeout I, I just heard, and maybe I'm just listening specifically, but uh, that bookkeepers are very valued to the ATO, and I'm, I, I have no doubts that at times, you know, especially we have a lot of bookkeepers listening in right now who are pretty remote business owners who are out the back of the sticks of nowhere. Uh, you know, I'm from WA, and there's large regional areas there that uh, pedal alone, I guess you could say. So, can you kind of flesh out if we look at Australia in particular? Um, compliance is ongoing. It just never seems to stop. It's ever evolving. When when there's a, a new piece of legislation, law, whichever way we want to pitch it, and 
it needs to be rolled out across Australia. From your experience, how, how does the ATO view using BAS agents and accessing bookkeepers to roll that out? You've referenced the fact that there is an acknowledgement of that. But when I think of things like single-touch payroll, for example, that's really been on a journey now for quite a while, even specific things like JobKeeper that, you know, just came out of nowhere, obviously, a few years ago. How important are bookkeepers and BAS agents in making sure compliance measures are successfully rolled out, I guess, is, is the question I have. Yeah, so Rob, it's very important. Uh, again, you, you use the example single-touch payroll, JobKeeper. They're two systems that were effectively 100% digital. So um, it's, if you look at, and again, book, Bookkeeper is is almost, um, I get the history of where the term comes from, but I actually, when I look at what good bookkeepers do now, it's almost, you know, they're, they're digital integrators, you know, they're, yeah. they're accounting professionals, yeah. you know, it's the, the concept of a books and paper-based is really a little bit of a thing of the past. So we go to go to single touch payroll as an example and in actually bringing that um, to life with uh, us working with um, the Treasury around it is a lot of a, a lot of value from bookkeepers in, in understanding around what what's the work that needs to get done each payroll cycle to yes. make sure that data is actually as accurate as it can be. And also, though, bookkeepers have brought to the table there a really practical understanding of where there are mistakes and errors or things that come up after pay's been done that will need a level of, of correction. So um, when, when that system was being designed and that system was being ro- rolled out, <laughs> you know, with it, without um, creating offence for any of the... Uh, like tax agents on the line, we we do see the bookkeepers at times are closer to to those sorts of things, closer particularly where they have clients that employ in helping them either with their payroll or um, almost as that digital integrator setting them up, helping them understand and use their payroll software um, the way it's supposed to be used and most efficiently, which again, from an ATO point of view with single-touch payroll, is to try to, to ensure that you have, you know, the 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 best quality data coming through the first time and the least amount of rework needed. Where that became really uh, critical, uh, it, it feels like a long time ago, but it actually uh, wasn't, was um, when we had the JobKeeper scheme come in yeah. in, in 2020. <laughs> um, the reason, and it's still looking back on it, it's amazing that that was, that was six weeks from the idea through to the first money Leaving the leaving the ATO from that, and absolutely, it was then a system that was leveraged around the single touch payroll data. Um, some of the, the payroll software providers were able to support the ATO um, with some changes to their systems that helped small businesses and, and you know the advisors that helped them to actually be able to do that that JobKeeper fill in that monthly JobKeeper claim. Uh, really quickly, but it was leveraging off the single-touch payroll data to know who were the employees, um, how long they had been there. All, all of those sorts of things we were able to actually help facilitate um, out of the digital service, knowing that through the work that had been done over the previous couple of years, you know, there was actually a, a, 
a really good coverage and quality of data in STP. So we could leverage that to actually make JobKeeper happen um, happen really quickly. So it, it's interesting how that that sort of plays plays out. It's also very interesting a couple of times of, you know, you start with something which seems to be a simple concept. Um, and I know the current concept um, that's being consulted on, government's consulting on around um, superannuation being paid at payday. It sounds really simple when you say it quickly, um, but we do know from some of the the, the <laughs> early consultation, um, which has included included bookkeepers um, around, yeah, there's a lot of there's a there's a, a lot of potential traps um, in that, or you know, there's a lot of uh, assumptions which people could fall into, which don't actually match the reality on the ground, and that's where bookkeepers provide a lot of value for the ATA to give us a, a good view of what's actually happening on the ground. Yeah, and uh, I'm glad you've called that out because, uh, and I think that calls to the, the question I was asking that uh, these sort of compliance issues, not compliance issues, compliance implementations are not done lightly. Uh, lightly, they are done in consultation. So, uh, really pleased that you have actually called that one out. Um, I'll pass back to Amanda now. I know has got a uh, another burning question. Well, look, I have, Rob, but I also too just acknowledging what Andrew just said around the importance that bookkeepers play in, in that pivotal role, as as Andrew said, six weeks, way to go, for a system that would normally take years to learn. Um, and, you know, the, the fact that professional bookkeepers could actually step up yeah. and learn such a, such a um, and as Andrew said, it, it was simple when you say it quickly, it's not so simple in reality, but they stepped up and they managed to actually... Um, be able to help deliver that system. So, um, you know, so hey, thank you for the acknowledgement and call out, Andrew. And you know, we just want to back that up as well because we know how how hard our community actually worked. Um, you touched on a couple of things there, Andrew, where you know we acknowledge the fact that at times in our role as a bookkeeper or a BAS agent um, or any of the intermediaries for that sake, that that there are challenges that crop up from time to time with dealing with small business clients. And you've touched on the digitisation journey. Um, and how important that is. And, you know, as we've we've very publicly come out and said, we're very big advocates of all of the things that you're talking about, the protection of client data and, you know, making sure the right authorities are in place and all of those kinds of things. Um, but one that's bubbled up, and it would probably be a bit remiss of, of us not to raise it, is, um, is the new client-agent linking process, which is creating a little bit of angst um, on both sides of the fence, I suppose, um, you know, Business owners are getting a little frustrated with the the in depth approach, um, although we recognise it has to happen, and there are some challenges on our end as well. So, can I just ask, what's the ATO's approach to ensure that the concerns that are raised, and we do have those um, those consultative groups where we get to raise these concerns, sometimes though, it, it, yeah, we we get a bit challenged by the community that you know are the ATO ATO really actually even listening? So. Um, what advice do you give to bookkeepers and BAS agents when those challenges crop up and what's the best place for them or the best way for them to raise those concerns? Yeah, so uh, I mean, I can, I can assure the listeners that we do listen to the concerns and I can assure them that the the professional bodies that represent accountants and bookkeepers, of which um, Institute of Certain by Fried Bookkeepers, uh, one of them, are, are, do, do raise them with us regularly and, and very, very clearly. Um, 
This is one an example of client to agent linking, but it actually can, it's really a continuation of a lot of the work that we have been doing over the last few years. You look at um, the introduction um, of uh, MyGovID uh, and RAM around digital identity that's replaced uh, OSKEY uh, and now client to agent linking are all about trying to uh, help secure the system uh, against. Uh, known uh, fraud attacks and identity takeover. So client-to-agent linking, part of the why we're doing this is that we have had where um, agent identities have been taken over and then um, clients have been added to that agent list unknowingly to that particular um, business or individual uh, and then fraud perpetuated uh, in that that person's name, um, we see a lot of other other particular frauds with identity takeovers and um, uh, you know changing changing of bank accounts and other other details. So we've needed to to act to actually make sure that in the digitised world, we actually have that assurance of when um, some key details change, such as a uh, a client changing their registered agent, be that a BAS agent or a tax agent, that there is, on a digital side, there's two sides to that that transaction. There's sort of an explicit consent digitally from the the client, um, as well as that acceptance from the, the agent, given the amount of information and access that comes through there. Um, first thing I probably would point out, it, it's... Um, when we broaden, we've already rolled this out to nearly 200,000 taxpayers. Um, middle of November, we go to the next tranche, which is for, um, it's pretty much small businesses excluding sole traders that have got an, an ABN. Um, it's not something which could sort of just bust one of the myths. Not everyone will need to um, kind of go through the process for their existing relationship with clients. It'll only be when a client, a new client comes on that this will, the process will um, will come through. Now, we've, we've worked through as well um, with, with it to try to make it um, the least steps possible within our capacity to implement a change like this quickly. So the solution um, that is being implemented where... Uh, a business client will go into our ATO online uh, to actually, you know, trigger a, a link to an agent. Um, we know we've had plenty of suggestions uh, around: could we do that through an app, or could we do that through, you know, authentication through through a mobile phone, or even back through the MyGov ID app itself? And we are looking in the long term: could we do something like that? But it was going to be in a longer term basis and we made the decision that we couldn't um, continue to sort of be exposed to the, to the fraud vulnerability in there. So um, what we are now looking to, to do, particularly not just in the lead up to the middle of November when this comes on, but we know that it'll be something that'll be, you know, six to 12 months given uh, we'll need to continue to communicate around what people need to do to be able to make this effective. 
um, given it's not going to be a big bang effect that everyone will need to do it at one time. It'll be as either new businesses are formed or as clients change change agents that that new, new way of adding a client to a BAS agent or a tax agent list will need to happen. So we've, we've had some concerns raised by the community a couple of times, Andrew, around um, whether or not there's a possibility of a, a manual process because of the you know, the challenges that exist with some, particularly micro business owners and small business owners around not being engaged in technology um, or not being tech savvy and those kinds of things. So what advice would you give to, you know, to the, the people listening out there who are, who may well come across a business owner who's in that situation where they just go, you know what, it's all too hard, you just do it for me. And we know they can't go and do the authority um in their own right, on behalf of a client, the client has to be involved in the process. Everyone appreciates that. But is there what advice would you actually give to those, um, you know, who come across those business owners who may not quite be as tech savvy, and the ability to use a MyGov ID and all of that kind of thing comes into play? And the the second part of the question to that is, you know, one of the pushbacks that we get is, well, who pays for that? So you know, it's an agent's time that gets taken in order to do that. Um, you know that. Business owners don't necessarily see the, you know, the the value output for that. So, what advice would you give to anyone who's listening in just around that? Yeah, we're we're working through and continue to try to make some of the um, the guides of how to work it through on our website um, as as easy as possible. And looking as well, we're working through how we can provide that that will make it easier for for an agent to be able to. Um, either point a client towards it or guide a client through that. There's also support through um, with the ATO, um, particularly if that client strikes some any some troubles trying to actually, you know, either get their their MyGov ID or, or link to their business um, through the relationship authentication manager. Um, but it, it is one that we're not um, making a, a sort of a, a workaround or you know, given given the part of the original um, vulnerability in the system uh, had been that um, we had seen through agents or people taking over agents' identities, um, people just being added to the client list, where we need to go beyond, I guess, what was an older system of having sort of a written authorization being enough to add that to. Um, given that it is there, so we, we understand some some clients may find that that more more difficult. Um, I probably would just like to reiterate that that client that you've had for ten years and remains your client, there's nothing that changes for there. It's when clients either there's a new business formed or where clients move agents that they will need to go through through the, through this process. Yeah, Andrew, thanks for that because it is, as Amanda's called out, some form of um, concerns and angst in the in the, uh, the bookkeeping community in particular. We we do also acknowledge that there is um, some potential things and, and I, I guess the main thing that we're really pleased about is that just um, the, the fact that you're engaging with us today shows or hopefully shows the community how closely the ATO does want to work with associations like the ICB to get these processes right um, and to make sure that there is a, a smooth transition. One of the issues that has been identified is the, the breaking of a link when a, when a tax accountant accidentally, we'll go with that, uh, 
cuts the cord, you might say, and uh, cuts a BAS agent off through a process um, by ticking something they uh, don't clearly are aware is kicking the BAS agent off. We've, we've got a number of those issues. We won't try and unpack the answers to those right now, but I guess the thing that um, is coming through clear from my perspective is that uh, yourself and the ATO as a whole are aware of some of the challenges and will be looking to work through those as they happen and the ICB will continue to engage uh, with the ATO in regards to that as as things are unfold throughout November and beyond, hopefully. Yeah, I definitely do with, with that that particular point, Rob. So it, it's it's something that can, that can happen now and that there's some aspects where it needs to be allowed to happen because it could be that a client going to a, a new tax yep. agent wants the tax yep. agent to do all, all of those responsibilities. But we are um, we do see there's there's a a more education that we can do and particularly working with the accounting associations to ensure that the the tax agents, should they get a new client um, that come comes on, that they only that has an existing and will continue an existing relationship with a BAS agent, that they don't don't override that. Um, one of the yeah. things we've seen through seen through some of the, the um, more recent consultation is um, there could it, some agents are using a bit of a workaround to add clients, which makes it more likely that they will do do this. So then then following. Um, the you know the the way the system was designed to be added, which makes it more obvious if you're looking to to you know yeah. cut that link. So so we're looking to see if we can ways we can either block or do pop ups to you know make that um, make that either cut cut off that option or make that a, a lot harder. Understanding that you know it's 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 been an irritant for BAS agents. It's it's a difficult one to design out because it, it could actually be the clients, um, the clients' wish. But we also understand that there is there is, you know, um, that there's if it happens in the future that that there is a need then for that that client to link to the you know back to the agent which again with the format is an extra step in there. So that is one that we are actually within the existing system that will come in in middle of November, looking ahead of that date of how do we actually, you know, minimise the chances of a tax agent doing inadvertently doing that, which we know it's then, it's the BAS agent that, um, you know, that then has the rework to do there. Yeah, no, that's excellent. Thanks, Andrew. And again, you know, I think what we're hopefully achieving through uh, having a chat with you today is, is again, showing the engagement that the ATO wants and desires to have with professional associations such as the ICB to get that sort of feedback, work through those issues, not try to create those uh, roadblocks in any major way. So uh, again, very appreciative of you being uh, so open with us today. We're, we're uh, very, very keen to keep that dialogue going, and uh, you've demonstrated that with us today. We're going to we're going to start to wrap up now, but uh, just I, I guess to to summarise our chat today, which has been uh, great, and thank you again. 
to our uh, special guest, Andrew Watson, the ATO Deputy Commissioner of Individuals and Intermediaries. Uh, I'll just keep ra- ra- um, rattling that one out, Amanda, just so that it gets off the tongue um, spot on. Andrew, I've got a fairly lengthy uh, uh, title to my uh, position these days as well, so uh, I'm not uh, hopefully uh, d- diminishing your title there at all. No, no. Uh, <laughs> um, just to finish off, we've had a theme throughout this year with the ICB around um, the professional bookkeeper in 2023 and beyond. And I don't think there's actually a lot for you to add right now that you haven't already said around the ATO acknowledging the importance of a professional bookkeeper. We value absolutely every bookkeeper in our community from employed bookkeepers through to professional bookkeepers. But the professional bookkeeper, I think you called it out earlier, you know, historically uh, there's a lot of perception around what that looks like. It is changing, it is evolving and, and the value, I'm guessing, throwing this back to you again, Andrew, is that the ATO does value um, the the position of the professional bookkeeper in 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 Australia right now. Oh, a- a- absolutely, and that's what I, I said I said earlier around. It's almost I think in in um, bookkeeper as a as a, a, a title. I think the professional at the front of it helps add to it, but yeah. it's more so we recognise the importance and and really value you know the role as almost a business coach. You know that digital guide. Um, the one that actually helps, in particular, get businesses set up, or that helps a business, you know, business owner that might be be struggling a bit because they haven't got good systems in place, you know, get back on track, and, and ultimately, you know, meet, meet meet their obligations and meet them as painlessly as as possible. So, professional bookkeepers play a really vital role in the tax system, and particularly particularly in small business in actually really allowing that vital sector of the economy focus on actually running their business and not spending, you know, more time than they need to worrying about tax. Yeah, no, great, great um, wrap-up there, I guess. Um, I know it's music in uh, the ears of many listening in right now. I suspect it's music in the ears of the uh, CEO of the ICB right now. Amanda, I'll uh, let you have the last word before we wrap up today. Thanks, Rob. Um, thank you, Andrew, for uh, a really great interview today and a great chat. Um, it's always nice to know that uh, you know that we have that open communication between the ATO and ICB, and that uh, you know we're continually uh, looking at ways to continually engage with the ATO, um, not only to make our voice heard, but also too to contribute to a better overall engagement within the tax framework. And uh, so we certainly hope that, hope that we can continue to play an important part in that um, and I say we value the relationship and the ability to do so. So thank you very much for uh, for stepping in today. I think you've clarified the position of a couple of couple of keen burning questions that, um, that <laughs> a number of the listeners would actually have. Um, but yeah, I say thank you very much for joining us. Oh, look, thanks Robin and Amanda for having me. Um, and yeah, the ATA, again, we really value the relationship with ICB and value the work that that your members do to to help the you know as I said it as well help Australia's tax system actually be you know one of the ones that, that other parts of the world really envy. So thanks you. That's great. And there you have it, day two of Global Bookkeeping Week. We're thankful for you, the listener, joining us today, and 
Yeah, there it is again. We're only at day two and we've got five of them in uh, Global Book- Bookkeeping Week. Join us again in uh, our next episode of the ICB News Channel coming out tomorrow. So uh, we'll see you then or, well, we'll probably uh, let you hear from us then and we look forward to uh, another great episode of the ICB News Channel. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, Amanda. Thanks, Rob. Thanks. Thanks.